Welcome to the Mob Squad, where real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us, and we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub, or get your fitness on, and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up and let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mob Squad. I'm Amanda. And I'm Ariel. And today we are going to be talking a lot about being okay with not being for everyone. Yes. So this is kind of like a self-esteem slash confidence episode. And I wanted to start off by saying, you know, Amanda and I are not experts, obviously. We are just two moms, two parents doing our best at life and family. And we're not experts. It's just our opinion. And we know we're not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. And I want to just put that out there that obviously we're going to have listeners that probably don't agree with everything we say. That's fine. We're all snowflakes. We're not (laughs) the same carbon copies of each other. And that's a normal thing that I feel like as adults, you can be friends with people who don't have the same opinion of you. You can navigate the world and understand and respect people's opinions and just, you know, agree to disagree. And you don't have to be mean. You don't have to cut them down. You don't have to make them feel bad. You just have to be like confident enough in yourself to say, this is what's important to me. This is what I believe. And that's okay. If everybody doesn't like it, that's fine. Finding that in yourself, I think is so important. And I think us as parents, as an example for our children is super important. They're going to look at us and see how we react to things and what we do and how we handle it. And that's the best example for them. However, today we're going to talk about how we help instill that self-esteem in our children and how we kind of build them up so that they can navigate their friendships and their world of not being for everyone. So, you know, we as parents have experienced, and I'm sure a lot of parents out there have, where a kid might not get invited to a birthday party or Maybe they have a fight with one of their friends and they don't get along and they kind of go through a breakup. Totally normal. It's totally normal for your kids to go through these challenging times where they have to realize and be confident enough in themselves to say, it's okay. I don't need to be best friends with 50 other kids. These are my people. These are not my people. We're good. You know, we don't have to do anything around that. Do you want to add anything to that? <laughs> trying not to interrupt you or say, mm-hmm, uh-huh. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, but now I just lost my thought. But then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna do that to you a bunch. So I know, but I'll I try know, my I'm best. trying to not do that, right? Yes, we're trying oh. not to talk over each other so that it's a better listening experience. So I will be totally honest. I was really afraid to do this episode. I'm still kind of a little nervous about it because I have only recently, in this journey of motherhood, started. And in even, I, I would say just in the last couple of years, and really, if I'm being totally honest, the last year, being okay with not being for everyone, that's been... Oh, you're saying you're that's a challenge for you yeah, as an adult. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's definitely been a challenge for me as an adult because I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. I'm a people pleaser. I want to, I'm a social butterfly. I want to be a part of all of it. It's something I struggle with all the time. And I, and and really, I would say even probably since COVID is when I started really understanding that I need to not put so much weight on that and start caring more about my own self-esteem because I have these three tiny humans now that are watching me and I don't want them to feel like they have to constantly work their asses off every single day to please everyone around them so that Mm -hmm. what ultimately ends up happening is they let themselves down. Right. Or they get taken advantage of. Right. I always think people pleaser, I think taken advantage of. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been taken advantage of quite often Mm -hmm. in my time, but I also think that I've been the person that I break promises to first because I, somebody else needs me or wants Mm -hmm. me. And because I am a people pleaser, if I can't do something, they, they're all, I've all, I've trained them all how to treat me. So when I can't do something, it's like, oh, you're not like, then it's like the ultimate guilt trip. Right. And so I don't want my kids to go through that, grow through, grow through that, go through that. I don't (laughs) want them to grow through that. They are. So I'm really having to step out of my own comfort zone to step back and to, you know, put my self-esteem first 
Right. And, and that's I know really hard to do, but I have to do it now because I have these little ones that are watching me and I want them to be better and stronger. And, and you, you're the example. Yeah. Well, and I know that we have like, I know you struggle a little bit with hesitation of doing the podcast and, you know, we're really just putting ourselves out there. And I have so much respect for people who do that, obviously now after doing it ourselves. And I just have come to the point in my life where, and especially in the last three years, I feel like I've grown a lot in terms of not worrying what other people think, because what other people think doesn't determine your worth or your value. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be confident enough to know that whoever you are is all that matters as long as you believe in yourself and believe in what you do and what you feel. And it's not in an insulting way. It's in a, it's in a confidence way. It's not a narcissistic way either. It's, it's not like you think you're better than people or you think that your way is the right way. It's more you value yourself as a human being and you know that you deserve to be treated with respect for your opinions. Mm-hmm. And that's, and you're not going to compromise on that. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to compromise on my values. And I know I've had to stand up for them a lot in the mm-hmm. last three years. So that's important to me. But I think that's the best example for our kids is to see, to show them like when something's important and something matters in life, you do what's right and you mm-hmm. do And it's hard because you might be going against the grain or you might be going against the norm and you got to do what is right, what you think is right. And that's (laughs) what matters. Why are you laughing? I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're looking at me so weird. And I just did what you said about that guy. What? Oh, you thought you burped? I don't think he burped. I thought I burped into the podcast. That's why I I started laughing. I'm sorry, everyone. Well, you you are hilarious. Anyways, so, um, so yeah, so we just wanted to put that out there that like, this is how we kind of wanted to start the episode. But you know, we kind of come from this generation of I think the millennials are considered the self-esteem generation. And my understanding of what that is, is that, you know, we're a generation that was raised with parents who kind of the pendulum swung the back way where their gen, our parents' generation was, you know, kids are to be seen and not heard, or, you know, they just kind of like let their kids do whatever. And we're very yeah. tough on them and just kind of push them to grow up. And I feel like our parents' generation then raised us to be kind of cushier and like building up self-esteem and there are no winners and losers and everybody gets a trophy Mm -hmm. and like overdid the self-esteem. And so then you have these kids that are now adults that are entitled and you know, they'll go into a job interview and feel like they deserve the job just because they show up, not because they're qualified. And I have personal experience with that with somebody I know who was hiring millennials. So I know that this is happening. And, you know, I've heard stories of millennials go like getting an F on a paper and their parent calling the professor to complain. And it's just like, it's gone a little crazy. We've gone a little bit too far. So I think now as a parent, that I guess I'm considered millennial, although I don't consider myself a millennial. You're a cusper. Like me. I don't know what I am, but I feel like it's important to build self-esteem, but we also don't want to overdo it. We don't mm. want to make these kids think that they're better than they are or that they deserve anything just because we say they're so great all the time. So in mind with that, instead of praising, so I found this article online. I'm kind of just going to go through what they said and we can link the article. It will be in our like show notes, I guess. But one of the first things they said was instead of praising for everyone, everyone, for everything, you want to help them become competent, right? So you want to give them responsibilities. You want to have them take risks. You want them to make choices. You want them to solve problems and you want to stick with what they start. And I think that is so essential and important. So this kind of goes back to our kid checklist episode because we talked a lot about that episode giving them responsibility builds Mm -hmm. their confidence it builds their self-esteem when they know that they can handle something and they don't need mommy and daddy to do everything for them then that builds their confidence so if you haven't listened to the kid checklist episode please go do it it's a great episode how is that going though so so that's so are you still following the checklist we periodically (laughs) do not (laughs) we periodically do not either also really that surprises me. It works so well. It did. It works so well, but we fell off the wagon mm-hmm. and you have shit to bring has it back. gone south real quick. And I have to do like a come to Jesus with them all this weekend because mm-hmm. they, we've fallen off. Like, listen, we're, we're not Pinterest moms, so it's not going to, we're not going to get it right every single time. But mm-hmm. my checklist was going great. Yeah. And then I gave them an inch and they took 10,000 miles. So we have right. to regroup and refocus and like refocus on that checklist and get it going again. So I, yeah. But do you, do your kids still do stuff around the house when you're not using the checklist? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. But 
not so if you're being like, told. take out the trash, take out the trash. They do I it. might have to tell them a few extra times. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's where like the, the checklist kind of streamlines things. Mm-hmm. But like we have rules, like they don't get their iPads on the weekend until they do all their chores. Right. So we even though we weren't too. following the checklist, we still are making a list and they're doing it. And then they're getting their iPads for a certain amount of time. But we did have a talk with them and said, you know, they do get extra time. So this weekend, like we have a limit of an hour for um, the weekends per day that they can have their iPads. And if they do the checklist during the week, they get 10 more minutes or 20 more minutes or whatever. So we told them that this weekend, we're like, if you guys start doing it again, then you'll have extra time. And they were Mm -hmm. totally fine with that. So just like you said, you have to just revisit it. You have to be consistent and revisit it because they're (laughs) tiny humans. Were you going to say something? No, 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 no. But yeah, I just... Wanted to check in with you on the checklist. Yeah, because no, I, I think did that's great. Fall off the wagon, but I, but only to your point about like taking risk and building the self esteem. It did make a huge difference, and I will say, like full disclosure, my house is kind of in a shit show in the last week or so because they're not doing the checklist, and so they're at each other's throats a lot more. I've been a lot more lenient on screen time and you know video games and stuff like that this week and and last week, but and just last night I was telling my husband like, ooh, we need to really rein it in because. Mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, you give them an inch and they take a mile. They're in full force at my house doing that. So I have to rein it back in. Regroup. And regroup because when they were doing it every day, it was awesome. It was harmonious. They were not fighting as much. And last mm-hmm. night, my oldest said something to my middle and I thought my middle was going to actually kill him. Like he like flew across the kitchen and they put him in a headlock and like took him down to the ground. Like they were about to physically fight. I'm like, what in actual hell is going on here? Like, I, I think that my oldest just said, you know, can you pass me the butter? Like it was something <laughs> really? really simple and not yeah. like, whoa, he was just asking you a question. There's a lot of like hormones raging through my house. I get right. that. But I think that because we have been a lot more lenient that self-esteem is going down, the confidence is going down, the irritability is going up, the chaos is going up and it's just not good. So we need to get back to our checklist and hold them accountable so that we can get back. Well, we'll check in with you next week and see if you're doing it. So yeah, keep going. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. So I love this first part so much about building confidence. Okay. You obviously want to make sure it's age appropriate. Don't give a two-year-old a chore that they can't do. Mm. You're going to ruin their self-esteem, but obviously make sure it's age appropriate. And I do want to say you can start this with two-year-olds. Like I have seen videos and I was not one of these moms, but praise these mommies who will post these things on. There's like this whole account where this woman is like teaching her daughter how to do chores at a young age. She'll make her own breakfast, like does all these things. She has like little kid utensils. She does everything as a two-year-old and she she loves washing the dishes and she Mm. loves, so she makes it all like age appropriate. She brings things down to the ground so her daughter can do it. So she's not like up on a counter trying to do things. And these little kids are so confident and I love that. And I wish I knew that when my kids were littler, yeah. cause I maybe would have done it, but I was also a zombie living in sleep land. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, God a lot of that things. Mom for doing that, it sounds exhausting. Well, she has one kid, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to say that's totally different world, but yes. So, but, but the, just the example that she's getting, and I love that she's like putting that out on like social media for other people to see, because I think that's amazing. So doing age appropriate chores is obviously one of those things that builds competence, but also I really love the love and logic books. Have you mm-hmm. ever read those? I have, I went through the series, but it's been like 11 years. Like you years. went through the classes? Yeah. Oh, good for you. I always wanted oh to do gosh. the classes and I never did. They were really good, but I, oh my God, do not ask me one single thing about what I remember. You don't remember? Okay. Well, I I know. Just because it was like 11 years ago when I did it. It was long. Yeah, I I don't remember yesterday. So don't apologize. I couldn't. I, but yeah, I do remember going through it. I remember liking it a lot. I love it. But I I, sometimes I think they're too strict in certain ways. mm -hmm. However, I love the whole idea behind it of teaching them logic, I guess is why it's called love and logic. But (laughs) (laughs) where they talk about um, having your kids problem solve. So you're always giving them choices, right? There are two choices that you want as a parent, but you're giving them those choices so that they're using their brains. Mm -hmm. They're making the decision, which builds confidence. They're problem solving instead of always rushing in to help them. Like love and logic is like, let's sit back and help them decide. And if they say they need help, then you give them choices so that they're still making the decision. And we practice love and logic a little bit. I will say it is hard to do I feel like full time well, and the really mom one mom that I know that did do it yeah you have to be consistent but it, I think just the concepts about it is good to read mm-hmm. as a parenting book even if you're not going to follow it strictly mm-hmm. but this one mom that I know that did do it I do do feel like she was a little too strict and she 
there was times where she let her children make decisions where I was like, no, no, you should be stepping in right now because this is, you're not, she wasn't giving them choices. She was just seeing what they did, which I think is good because you want them to solve things. But in certain situations, and this situation was a bully situation where oh. her child is bullying somebody right yeah. in front of her eyes and she didn't step in. So I think that there, there's obviously extremes always for everything. And somewhere in between is probably the best, but. Well, I think that is a really hard topic to or a what? hard position and like at what point do you step in what point have has it well, gone too far he was older so I, th- I want to say he was like nine at the time and he threw a kid down in the neighborhood and oh. her son did the yeah. love and logic mom yeah son? yeah oh and she he was the bully watched, yeah oh it's not something but, else coming no well <laughs> exactly and so Yikes. I don't know if that was like I don't, I don't know if it was her way of being a love and logic parent, or if it was her way of, you know, just seeing what happens. I don't know, honestly, and I'm not going to judge her or throw her under the bus, but I did think it was a situation where they need guidance because clearly there wasn't any guidance and he was not making good decisions. So that's where I feel like, okay, do we have to be love and logic right now? Or do we have to be like a smart parent who says, I don't correct this behavior now. It's going to get worse. And let's yeah. talk about how this is right. going to happen. Exactly. Again. Well, I think that is a little bit extreme of a situation for sure. But I do think that parents struggle with that. Every I know I do as a parent where I have a kid that comes home and he's crying because Johnny Jojo left him out of the playground or the baseball or the football game or the basketball game or whatever it is, or didn't get invited to a party or, you know, at one point, if it goes on for more than a day, maybe it goes on for a week, maybe a little bit longer. At what point do you as the mom step in to talk to the other parent to say, hey, there's actually an issue here? Because I have had a situation where I've tried to teach my kids to handle the issue on their own. We'll talk about it at home. We go through different scenarios. We talk about... um, Do we do role playing? Yeah, we do role play. We do conflict resolution. We do all of those things. So I think at home, I'm really setting them up for success and sending them off to school. And then they come home and cry. And then maybe like a week into it or a couple weeks into it, I'm like, okay, it's time to call the mom. And I do. And 99% of the time, the day I talk to that mom. It's your kid's fault? No, no, no. No, usually I don't. It could be my kid's fault. I always... I never take the stance of your kid's shitty and my kid's awesome. I never Ah, do. But so many people do. I am not that mom. I am like, listen, here's what I'm seeing on my end. What are you seeing on your end? I have no idea what the situation is. I believe there's three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the truth. I stand by that. Yeah. I don't believe everything my son said. His perception is reality, right? Totally. So whatever's going on is probably very real to him. I don't think he's lying to me, but I also think there's another story that the other kid has. Right. So- I struggle a lot with at what point do I get involved with the other parent? Mm-hmm. At what point do I let my son, you know, let this fizzle out or fight for the relationship? Or do I just say, move on? He's yeah, not, he's you're not, the not right for person. everyone. You're not for everyone. I struggle with this yeah. a lot in everyday things like what relationships are worth fighting for and which ones are worth saying it's okay. I'm not for everyone. And it backfires on me often, 99% of the time, what I was I saying earlier. that. No, Why? just with like, when I, when I step into it with another mom, mm-hmm. usually it will backfire on me because my son and that kid will come walking out arm in arm like, hey, can we have a play day? Can we blah, blah, blah? I'm like, you motherfuckers, so I've just lost sleep over this for a week. And then they end up <laughs> fixing it. And they fix it. And usually it's around the time that I talk to the mom. <laughs> Almost every time, like clockwork. don't do what Amanda does. No, I don't know kidding. why. If I'm, I'm like waiting kidding. too long or what or anyway, I have no idea. Well, their feelings hurt, so my feelings hurt. Right, right, and so I don't want to solve their problems. I want to teach them how to do it. Well, if you're but doing all those things you said you are, then you are teaching them. Then you you are teaching them. Say okay, enough is enough. I right. got to get involved. And nine out of 10 times, they'll come but out But maybe arm arm. they're coming out arm in arm because you spent so much time teaching them at home. And that could be. And those are usually the relationships that are worth fighting for. Right. And so we right. do spend a lot more time talking about that at home. So maybe that's, maybe that's I think right. you're winning at life. Oh, I don't know about that, but you thank are. you. You are. Well, my I heart hurts a lot like any other mom out there. you're an amazing example of a mom. And so I think, you know, you're doing everything right. You care. Those are miles above some people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with stepping in and talking to a mom about certain things, especially the ones that you know are good friends and they're struggling in a certain area. Um, The problem is, is that you can't control other people. So you don't know what that other mom's going to do. However, 
having a discussion about something and bringing it up, I think is important because that's how you problem solve in real Mm -hmm. life. You discuss things like an adult, you try to come up with a solution and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And And that's that's when you move on and you say, that's okay. I'm not going to sit here and ruin my life over something Mm -hmm. that's clearly not going to work. And the blessing in that is just because my son and that son might not be friends or your son and that son might not be friends. I'm still friends with those moms. Right. Right. And that's okay too. And we just agree that our kids are not vibing. Right. The rule in our house is you can't be an asshole. Right. You have to treat people with kindness and respect. And if you're not friends, that's okay. But you still need to be kind at all times. You have to be a good human. Yeah. That's a lot of adults don't know that. So good on you. Yeah. Winning. (laughs) 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 Oh oh my God. Don't listen to us. Okay. Um, No, do and tell all your friends. (laughs) (laughs) I meant like, don't listen to our advice. We're just crazy right now. Listen, I don't know if it's good advice or not good advice, but it's what we do every day. And I'm like any other mom, just like you, we're doing the best that we can to raise good humans in a really complicated world right now. Totally. It's so. so much more complicated, I feel like, yeah, than it was when we were kids. But I feel like everybody says that about the generation I feel like everybody before. says that too. But my mother-in-law just told me but the other true. day. She's like, you could not pay me to raise kids right now. Oh, so she, she confirmed that it's it? so much harder. And she, I was like, really? Because I feel like every generation says that. Yeah. Like I remember my parents they saying do. that. Like it's so much harder to raise well, kids. And then their generation. She said that it was always like every generation has always said that. But this generation is so much harder because there's so much more available to us. Look what's going on in the world. I mean, that's all there is. Yeah. It's like we live in crazy times. It's not like worrying about your kids not coming home after the streetlights come on anymore, right? Yeah. So much more than that. It's, totally. It's it's worrying about them in their own homes and what they're doing and what they have access to. That sucks. <laughs> well, scary. with technology, it's scarier than being kidnapped. Yeah. So, all right, go um, on. Let's hear it. Let's hear some more. Okay. So one of the other things I wanted to say was sticking with what they start with. So obviously we have a rule in our house where like you like, a, you try a sport, you don't want to do it. That's fine. We're finishing the season. We're not giving up on our team. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let you abandon it. And I think that some parents obviously choose to give up and because they're like, why am I putting my child through this? But it doesn't teach them confidence to know they can get through hard stuff if you let them give up easy in life. And so I think that's a really important one to make sure that your kids always follow things through. It doesn't even have to be sports. It could be they signed up for basket weaving. Uh, I don't know. Some activity where Flower they want to give up. Yeah. And they find out it's not for them. That is totally cool. You don't have to love it. You have to finish. That is important for confidence. And I think that you should talk about your son's situation <laughs> because why are you laughing? Because well, th- that sort of backfired like, on me a little bit. Fuck like, you. Like, I'm not actually... <laughs> it didn't backfire because I have They're... never. No, listen to me. <laughs> okay. Your son went from being not as confident to being extremely confident in his abilities. And that is something (laughs) that is fucking amazing. And I am so proud of you because you're going to make me cry. I'm already crying. You're going to make me cry. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I listened to our dyslexia episode, the last one we just did. And I cried like three times, but anyways. Okay. So (laughs) you put your son, your son wanted to do something Mm -hmm. because this is, Amanda is an amazing mom. And I'm not just saying that as her friend, I really do respect and love her. And I think that she does hard things as a parent that a lot of parents can't do, including myself. So (laughs) you, you. your son wanted to do a sport that was really difficult and he wanted to give up Mm -hmm. and you didn't let him. And that is, goes back to this whole, you don't, you stick with things that you start, Mm -hmm. you don't give up. And when things get hard, you have to make sure that they don't because they will always run to quitting because that's the easy road. Mm-hmm. And you made your son do it. And I don't know if, what you want to talk about, but I think yeah. it's really important story because I, I'm telling you this as a friend. I saw your son then at sports after he had participated in this really challenging sport that he was in, become so much more confident, so much more capable. Did he turn into a Michael Jordan? No, but he believed in his abilities Mm -hmm. and that showed up on the court and it was amazing to see. And I feel sad that my son doesn't have that, but I also would not be able to do what you did. Yeah, that was hard. So, and in hindsight, I mean, there's things that we learn, right? And just, so my son wanted to play tackle football and he's, my husband has built like a linebacker, like he's, or a, yeah, like a linebacker. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's big dude, broad shoulders, real thick quads and calves. Like you want him on your offensive line. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just do. Right. So my son is built like that also. And from early on, he had football recruiters coming to like soccer games and baseball games and come play with, for, come play for me. You got to come play for me. And so finally, gosh, in fifth grade, he decided 
or was it fourth grade? I think it was fourth grade. It was fourth grade. Did you do it for two years? Yeah, for a year and a half. Okay. So I think it was in fourth, fourth grade, grade, fourth grade. But this is like club football, so and it's tackle. And yeah. my son, although he's big. And you want, you think that he's going to defend your ass. He's a pussy cat. He's yeah. a teddy bear. And he's, he's like my he's son. so gentle and he's so kind and so loving. And people are often fooled by his size. And I think that he could probably handle something, but football is not. He would choose not to. Right. So he finally made the choice to join a team. And my husband and I talked about it. We did not sugarcoat it for him. We went on and on and on about how, you know, it's five day a week practices. The practices are three hours. It was aggressive. It was it's he, a lot. He started in May. It was already over 100 degrees in full pads and a helmet. And he had never done anything like that. He was crying. He was throwing up and he wanted to give up so bad. And we were like, before we let him, before we allowed him to sign up for it, we sat down with him for a really long time. I mean, days. Yeah. And we wanted him to know exactly what he was signing up for. And he shook yeah. the coach's hand, went to the coach and said, okay, I accept your offer. I'm going to be on the team. Shook he, hands. He made the choice. He, it was 100%, 100% his yeah. choice. Yeah. And we laid and out the good, the bad, and the ugly. You with didn't the push him into it. Strong emphasis you on were ugly. Honest to, totally. You know. Almost to the point where we were trying to talk him out of it. Right. And so, but we said, the one thing that you have to do is finish the season. We went through that whole summer. We went through that whole season. It was about seven months of tears that fucking destroyed me. Yeah. Because he would be crying and scared and I can, please don't make me go. Please don't make me go. And I would let him cry and be upset in the car. And they'd be like, the minute you step out of this car, we're not crying anymore. You made a commitment. You did all of, you know, th this is what we're doing. Yeah. And if he was getting hurt, you know, or if it was something that was really not good for him, then I probably would have let him quit because this yeah. was the hardest like, thing this I've wasn't ever had the to go coach through. Treating him bad no. or disrespected in some way where no. you're like, my child's were, being harmed by this. No. It was just very hard. They were building him up. They were like, yeah. you can do this. If it hurts, it that was very supportive. It's working, you know, but it was also very strict in that, that part we were like, this is going to hurt. It's going to suck. Like that training is no joke. This is a state winning team. Yeah. You don't just get that by one week practice it like once a week practices for an hour. Anyway, so he went through this for several months and we got through the season and he got a little bit of playing time. He got better. He got stronger, but he cried every single day. Mm -hmm. and there were parents that'd be like, it's okay, mama, you got this. Cause I know other parents went through that same thing. Right. And it's not just your child. It was also it's around the everybody. time that we were doing, we were discovering this dyslexia. Like we knew he always had dyslexia, but it was getting worse. And he started seeing a therapist and the therapist was like, this is either going to make him or break him. Like, yeah. And that was scary to hear because totally. we also knew that, but we and stuck with it. I feel like he's young to be going through something. Totally. He was like nine, this was right? Like, yeah, he, he was nine. nine. Which as a no, nine-year-old. Really? Yeah. Fresh 10. Okay. So, yeah. So he had just turned 10. Or maybe nine turning 10. I don't know. But I, but nine, that's right. always what nine. I was looking back when you were telling me this stuff. Yeah. I was like, he's young to be going through this. Like, I think team sports teach a lot of things, mm -hmm. including building your confidence and helping you realize you can yeah. do hard things because sports are challenging and can yeah. be hard. And when I think about what he went through and the decisions he had to make, and I know we had a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what you said, but you're so smart. And you were saying like, you know, this is setting him up for life. It's so like, much this more is than life. Football. Yes. If I let him quit right now, then he's never going to try anything else again, because this is really fucking hard. Right. And it, and it, then yeah. if you can get through this, if you can get through this, you yeah. can get through anything. 100%. Because that's mm -hmm. how hard it was. It was insanely hard, especially at such a young well, age. And this is like just to, to take it learn a step further. So it was fourth grade because right. he went through that whole summer and then we went through the testing and then we put him at Wellington. Mm -hmm. And so just let me close up the season. He did the season. He cried every day. They went to the state championship. And as soon as it was over, he was like, I can't wait till next season. <laughs> and we're like, what? No fucking Get way. Get out of here. We're You're not high. doing it. We're not. Nope. We're out of here. But he signed up and he continued doing the conditioning. Right. The week after they went to that state championship, he continued his training right after that. But then we went to Wellington. Mm -hmm. And this is what I will say, because we, Chris and I are, I, I hope we are not totally destroying them, but we were praying that this is helping with their confidence that we did not let him give up. He went to Wellington. He got tested for all of those things mm -hmm. and, and speed and agility, which is what football is. Mm -hmm. He tested at, at risk. So not only was I sending him this kid who has extreme dyslexia, who's working so hard at school, he's exhausted, truly exhausted yeah, at the end of the day, which right. we did not know so sad. how bad it was. And now he's made this commitment to football and now he's burning the candle at both ends. It was like fucking torture what we put him through. I know. <laughs> He's going to be like, I feel so terrible, but he's superhuman. 
He is a superhuman and he's, yeah. it was the worst time ever. I and just, it was so as hard, a mom, I just respect but, you so much because I know how devastating it is when your child's crying and begging you not to do something and how easy it is to be like, okay, we're not doing it because I can't take the pain of no. listening to you. I, and it you was so hard. did it and you made him do it. Don't well, cry. I wanted him to face his You're fears. It was cry. hard because I, in hindsight, knowing what I knew about I probably would not have made him finish right, it. Right, but you didn't know. I didn't know how that he know. was test the way but that also, his test would reflect. He was so exhausted and he was still going out. How much more amazing is that that he overcame that? Well, so he got like I told his coaches that, and his coaches call. I was like, listen, this is the kind of kid. So he did end up quitting the second season because he was going through Wellington, and mm-hmm. they were like, this is too much for him to do. So right. he went all the way up until the well, season. You don't want to break him. I didn't want to break him. Right. And like destroying his therapist, like this is in his best interest. So he got to do like the workouts with him up until the season. And then he decided to not fall back and not commit to the season. He committed to his education and and we were totally supportive of that. He did not quit on the team. He spoke to his coach. But that was, you were in the middle of finding stuff mm -hmm. out that you didn't know before. So in my opinion, that's not really quitting because it was like something else came up that was more important that you had to deal with on a certain level that didn't allow for all those commitments. That's different than him wanting to give up because it was hard. You made him complete that season, even though he didn't want to. So, But you know what happened though? What? They went to the state championship. They didn't win. They had like three overtimes. It was, it was, it came down to somebody just has to win the damn game. And it was, they fought so hard. He got to play in it and it came down to this is over. And he feels so amazing for his accomplishments. He feels like he could do anything. Right. And then I was like, okay, we're never doing this again. I know it's over. And he was so fired up. He went back and signed up to do it again. Signed up to be tortured again. And he was like a fundraiser. Do you know what I mean? Like he did everything. So it was the year that made his confidence, but it was the hardest year. And it was a test that I don't know that a lot of people have to face. I mean, like I said, I really have so much respect for you for going through that because you. you did it. You did it. And your son did it. And I honestly think even though as hard as it was, he came out for the better after. He's, he is better. He's stronger. He's more confident. I don't think you should torture him every year. But, I'll never do that again. But that but. was his choice. And he made that choice. And I also really like that you respected, even though he was nine and maybe didn't fully understand it, you guys gave him all the information you mm-hmm. could. You tried to convince him not to, and he still chose to do it. And I think there's nothing more uh, fulfilling of somebody's confidence to make a decision, see it through to the end, even though it was one of the hardest things he's ever had oh, to yeah. do. Like that alone he should knows bring now his that confidence he can do up. anything. Right. He just has to set his mind to right. it. And he might not that's such Crush a gift. It, yeah. But he knows he can do it. I just, I just yeah. telling you as an outsider, I could see the change in his confidence. And I was like, oh my God, I would never be able to do what Amanda <laughs> did. But he is like amazing for it. I would and call you crying. I can still see that confidence. Yeah. yeah. I don't oh know how you do it. I, I cried a lot. I didn't he, have I advice for home. you because I, I was like, I couldn't do what you're doing. No. It I just sucked. knew that you were stronger. Well, then I would call Chris and be like, I can't do this anymore. It's yeah. Because he's tougher than me. I yeah. can't. And I'd be like, this is torture. I can't. And he's like, it's fine. He's not hurt. And, his right. co- and here's the thing, you guys is like I was not torturing him no his coaches it was hard it was hard workouts that's what it came down to it was conditioning that's what scared the shit out of him is conditioning mm-hmm. because it was really hard it was like college level it's stuff also they were like, doing yeah but it's he also was like throwing huge... up and it was hot and it was uncomfortable yeah. and it was like stuff that's that no human wants to do yeah right so that's why we kept pushing him because we we're like you're not afraid of conditioning that's you're gonna get better if you're afraid of working out then we've got a bigger problem you know that's why mostly we didn't because I know that's what he was mostly afraid of was all mm. the conditioning because it hurt and it should hurt because muscles hurt if it was easy we'd all yeah, be but skinny. now he knows he can push himself yeah now he knows he, he can, can do go past his comfort zone mm-hmm. that's so important yeah some people never go out of their comfort zone even as adults it's hard to be a mom. It's hard yeah, to be it a good is. mom. It's hard it's to be hard. a good mom. Hard to make, it's hard to be a good mom. And it's hard It's hard to make decisions that you really don't know. You don't you know, know what you you're doing sometimes. You question yourself a yeah. lot. Like, you're is like, this the right thing? It messes right. with you. You don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. And it's that's really hard. So yeah. I think that it's a great story. Thank you for sharing Thanks. that. Yeah. And if you're out there struggling in a similar situation. Call me. I'll talk back you through it. on Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So... We talked about that. And then we can also talk about overpraising. So I do think that sometimes the the whole self-esteem generation was like overpraised, right? They were good for everything, no matter what they did, good or bad, good, 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 good. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And that created this extreme self-esteem 
generation. And they actually say in this article, like overpraising erodes confidence and actually confuses them. Like if you're telling a a kid good job for doing well on your spelling and they know they suck at spelling, they're like, what? This is confusing. Like, why are you telling me this? Because then they're like, what is important if I'm not doing it right and I'm still getting praise for it? Like, what's the difference? And it also can create perfectionism where they want to be perfect all the time to keep getting that praise. And you don't want your kids to be doing or always feeling like they can't mess up or they're not going to get the praise because then that is going to stress them out too. So the have power- Have you fallen into that at all? What? Just hearing you say that, like, oh, good job, good job. I have I've done that. Like I have a kid with dyslexia. He, yeah, you, he fails so I think, at spelling. Everyone, I'm like, great job. You got one word right. <laughs> no, I think you're pointing out, but you're not saying good job for all the ones you got wrong. Are no, you? Are you? I'm not. Okay. I, no. So that's what I think the difference is, is like, oh yeah, like good job at spelling. You're such a good speller. And you know, he gets one right every time. Like that's a lie. You don't want to lie to them. I think. No, but I have done that to boost their confidence. I, no, you haven't. You're not lying to them. You're picking out the positives. Yeah. Okay. I think there's nothing wrong, especially with kids with learning disabilities. You and I will understand this and some people might not, but when they struggle with so many things, you do have to find the positives because if your kid is an A student and you're always pointing out how awesome they are, how awesome they are, that's different because then it's like- it does get troublesome, especially in elementary school when things are a little bit easier for a lot of students and then they get into middle school. I know we have a lot of friends right now where things have been really easy for their kids and now they're in middle school and they're like, what the actual fuck? This is so much harder. And that's part of that pendulum, I guess, where everybody yeah. kind of, no. It's like, oh, you're so great. on the same playing field where right. it's hard for everyone. And it's not, oh, this comes really easy for me. Now we're having to like work out problems and really put our brains into solving these problems. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So instead of overpraising them, what you should do is always, their power is going to come from their choices, right? So giving them those choices, asking them questions, this kind of goes back to the love and logic too, where you're guiding them. So like you're giving them two good options. Do you want to go to bed now? Or do you want to go put the dishes away or whatever. I don't know. I just made that up. But I'm saying like they're the more they make their own choices, the more confident they're going to feel in themselves, even though we're giving them choices that we know they're not going to fail, quote unquote fail. Mm -hmm. They are still making that decision for themselves instead of mom and dad barking orders at them all the time. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. They're not coming up with their own problem solving. They're not having to think about choices because they're always being told what to do. I think that goes back to that type of thing. I also like the checklist because it's it's kind of dependent on them where we just say, go check your list, go check mm-hmm. your list, go check your list. And they can decide if they want to make their bed first or brush their teeth or they decide whatever, you know, like yeah. that's not in an order. You don't have to do one, two, three in order. It's what you choose to do. So again, that goes back to making those choices by themselves. And that's why I think it's important as parents is we ask questions. Like if they need help on something, you're saying- what do you think? Instead of just giving them the answer. Do you know what I mean? Like, can you give me an example? I'm what? trying to think of one <laughs> while I'm talking. <laughs> really hard to do. I was really trying to think of one and I was like, nope, that's not one. I'm trying to talk and think about like, it. What do you think you should do? Like if your kids are struggling with chores or with making a decision in life or just making a decision in life, like even like, let's say it was like a friend, friend conflict. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you're like talking them through it and working out, like helping them problem solve. Like yeah. that goes back to the love and logic. Like instead of saying Johnny Jojo punched me in the face at lunch, instead of saying punch him back or tell the teacher, which like, is what we all want to say. Yeah. By the way, we all wanna... I always I always tell my kids to fight back. And my <laughs> husband's like, don't teach them that. And I was like, well, I need to stand up for themselves. And I'm you, t- you punch that bully in the face. They're not going to bother you anymore. But my mm. husband's like, we can't do that. Yeah. Well, that'll get them into trouble because it will get them in trouble. And I know that we shouldn't teach kids that, but that's what I, my mama, that's what your mama bear wants to say. My mama bear wants to say that too. Like, who the fuck is this kid? Do you need mommy to handle it? Like that's our, that's our like first instinct, but we can't because we're trying to teach them how to be good humans in a complicated society. We've always said we're Um, that mom in that movie. What's the movie? (laughs) This is 40. Yeah, this is so funny. (laughs) She's like, what does she say? She goes like a little bitch or something. Oh, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. Justin Bieber. That's who we are, so but funny. we but can't do that. In real we life. we don't actually do that, but it's no. But, but we I want think to. Most moms, that's their first gut reaction, and we have to like hold that on the inside yeah. and not like yeah. show our cards totally. to our kids because we don't want them to do that. I felt that in front of a kid that I saw being mean to one of my kids, and I wanted to go off mm, on him. It's they so hard, but you have to teach them with love and logic. Like, okay, let's talk about this. And then so often, I'll let my kid guide the conversation, then I'll ask like probing questions. Okay, you look at me like I don't know what I'm talking. Not that I don't know what I'm talking about, but you're like, give me an example, and then like you. <laughs> do this. 
I know, but you did. So you're you probably like, better at you the guide example. Me. You, sometimes I just, okay, you so like, what's your guide example? me to it. <laughs> Now that I've lost my train Sorry. of thought, <laughs> I just feel like every time I say um, that, you're like, I don't know. And then you like totally have something. So if my son is upset about, oh, okay. Good example. Not being invited to a birthday party. This has happened a lot. We have this okay. place called the Great Wolf Lodge. It's really cool. It's an indoor water park. It's also very expensive. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of birthday parties there. But when you have a birthday party, you're limited on how many kids you can have. Because it's super right. like, fucking expensive place. It's like X amount for 10 kids or something. Right. right? And it could be five kids. It depends on whatever party depends package on, you yeah, right. choose. Right? right. So there have been times where my kids have been excluded from the Grey Wolf Lodge party. Yeah. And these are choices like you can you're, the choice that you can make is I can go and burn the place down and make you feel like shit for not inviting me. But let's actually talk about this. Why didn't they invite you? If you only had five friends to invite to that party, would that person, would that be person on it? make the cut? Maybe the not. <laughs> Probably not. 99% of the time, the answer is no, that person right. would not make the cut. Tell right. me what five friends would you, tell me what 10 friends would you would invite? And usually that kid's not even on the 10th person invite yeah. list. So right. let's talk about, oh, and then when we're talking about that, then their light bulb kind of goes off like, oh, okay, I get it. And we have to talk about like, parties don't grow on trees. They're not free. Like yeah. parents have to work really hard. A party at a trampoline park with 10 kids is like $500. Yeah. I don't even think that includes the food. Like, I think it might include like two pizzas, but no. if you have 10 uh, yeah. boys, you're going to need a hell of a lot more than two pizzas. Parties Shit's are expensive. expensive. For sure. So you have to, I, like I try to bring it to a lot, like, excuse me, I try to explain it to them in a logical, you know, mm-hmm. through logic. Right. I don't know what I'm well, trying to like, Logical but, through logic. Logical <laughs> through logic. I'm having a brain <laughs> fart. No, I know what I you're trying to, to explain it to them logically from different points of view. And kind from, of. Yeah. Like, let's talk about if this was your party, right. how would it be different? Right. Well, Johnny Jojo's not coming to your party. Yeah. So, so why you are your why feelings are you hurt about that? But it does, but I understand mm-hmm. being left out always feels bad. Totally. So I don't like being left out. I'm 41 years old. Right. Sucks. Right. I get it. It doesn't no. feel good. That's why I don't go on social media. But yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Because it makes me feel like shit most of the time. To. No. Yeah. No, I get it. And, I am doing this podcast. We have to be on social media. This is so scary for me. Yeah. This is a lot of why, I mean, Ariel's been like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, mm, okay. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Uh, give me five more days. It's okay. Every time for months. And we finally did it. And then we went like Insta official. And that was super scary too. And I'm still a little bit scared. And I, and then your husband was like, how'd you feel on that day? Because I held my breath the whole day. And I was like, oh my God, me too. I'm still holding my breath. Because he like validated my nerves. He did? Yes. That's funny. Yeah, but I was scared. And it's so scary to go out through your comfort or to to um, go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But every day I'm standing a little bit taller and I'm a little bit more proud of what we're doing because I think we're helping people mm-hmm. and we're going to help more people, I hope. Well, so- it all goes back to the beginning of what I said was you have to be confident enough to know that you believe in yourself and you're making choices from a good place then nothing else matters. Who cares what people think about you? Who cares? Like you're going to offend somebody. That's just life. And I try really hard to say things certain ways on here to not offend people. And I try to cover X, Y, and Z so that people understand like I'm not attacking somebody, but there's so many Karens out there this day. And Mm. you know, everybody knows that now after COVID, but there's even people like, I'll just follow people, let's say on social media, even there's like an ad where, and my husband deals with this as a business owner, like people will comment negative evil shit on other people people's stuff because they're hiding behind their screen and they feel like they can just lash out at people, which I think those, those are people the trolls. are, remember yeah, those are the trolls, the, the poppy trolls running around oh, spreading love. No, no. Those are like the actual trolls that go out and they just say evil yeah. things to people. They're just not nice human beings. And my thing is, is if you have to lash out at people that you don't even know, or you have to say something negative on somebody's thing, you're not a good person. And you're obviously not happy with yourself because if you are and you have confidence, you don't need, have the need to go out and put people down. Mm-hmm. And some of these people will just say mean things. And here's the thing. I've scrolled on Instagram and followed accounts that don't agree with me on certain things. And I've stopped myself many times from writing something because I'm like, Mm -hmm. is this going to benefit anybody? Is this going to help anybody? No, it's just me trying to get my opinion. And that doesn't come from a place of confidence. That comes from a place of insecurity. Because if you have Mm -hmm. to comment on somebody's something to put somebody down or say that they're not right, then you don't feel secure about what you believe. Because if you felt secure about what you believe, you don't care what other people think. If that person thinks that's good for them. There's there's a lot of people out there. And I learned this in customer service because I was in customer service most of my life when I was working. And, you know, 
when I was in high school, I worked at a smoothie place and people would come in, go off on you (laughs) and go get in the tanning bed. And then that's what I worked at. And then they would leave and we'd look at each other like the person I was working on you. What did you do? Nothing. Nothing. There are just evil people out there that are miserable with themselves. So they go and take it out on other people because they feel good about themselves because I'm an employee and they're giving me their money. They feel like they could treat you like shit, you know? And I remember calling my manager, like wanting to cry and being like, why? I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything. I was like, totally nice, totally calm. Asked them what they wanted. And then they like ripped me a new one. And she's like, you know what? She's like, who cares about people like that? Those people are not happy with themselves. She goes, don't let it bother you at all. She's like, those are, those are just people out there like that. And you learn about that real quickly because you have customers Mm -hmm. who come in or so nice to you for no reason. Those are just happy, confident people. The people who are miserable don't really like themselves. They're mean to everybody and they want to treat people like shit because they feel like shit. So I think that's a good lesson in life just in general. You know, I don't even know like how we got on this subject. I don't know. Where did this come from? Can we circle back? Where were we? I don't even know. Um, We were back to overpraising our kids. Oh, do you want to talk about the Spanx lady? Oh, I can. Yeah, do it. Because I don't know how we got off on that tangent. But anyways, oh, it, was, it all goes back to being confident in who you are. And there will always be haters. And that's why I have really learned from being like putting myself out there that I'm not for everyone. Some no. people might not like me and nobody's going to like everything you say. Like you just see people in the public eye who it's like they'll go off and attack somebody for something stupid that they said. And it's just like, can we just all respect that we're all different? We all have different opinions. Let's just be adults about this. We don't I mean, have to destroy gonna... somebody's career because yeah. they don't align with us politically. Politically, or they believe we won't something. destroy anybody. We'll no, just say that's I'm okay. S- We're not for everyone. Yes, but the same goes to like anybody. Yeah. Can you just respect that people are different? We are not carbon copies of each other. We're not going to all believe the same thing. I don't know. It's a really hard world to live in right now. So I know, but just be respectful. Yeah. I get it. I, I get, get it. it. I can get passionate I, yeah. about things too, but I yeah. do as an adult know that you have to be mature about things and you have to just be yeah. respectful. Yeah. Okay. Spanks it up. Um, well, this is just tying back into your overpraising and, and building confident kids, which is what the point of our talk Well, this one's about today. failure, right? This is about failure. So, Sarah, I'm going to say her last name. Failing at life is important. Not at life. (laughs) (laughs) Failing at life is important. Failure at life. No, I'm saying like (laughs) failure is important. Failure is how you win at life. Yes. I love that. that. Is that a bumper (laughs) screen? I was going to say like. Failure. How you win at life. We're going to come out with some swag that says that. Established in 2023. Spanx founder, Sarah Blakely. No, sorry. Sarah Blakely. Blakely. Is that how you say it? Yeah. She sounds like she has like the most awesome dad ever. Well, that's why she's a success story. And so she's the inventor of Spanx, which we all know and love. Um, even skinny girls like Spanx. I thought it was just me. No. I remember I was in Las Vegas with my cousin Britt and she has a bang and bod. Always has. You can have a bang and bod and I still have areas you want to pull in. I was like, oh, I want to take my Spanx off. In Las Vegas, she was like, girl, me too. I'm like, you have Spanx on? <laughs> she goes, just smooths yeah. everything out. They were, But she said they were like riding and then she goes, because my legs are chafing. I just want to get my sweats. I'm like, oh. your legs shave? <laughs> like, God. It never occurred to me that skinny girls had shaping Yeah, problems. there's all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> so skinny wears, skinny girls wear spanks and shave. Good to know. Turns out. I'll write it down. Anyway, so Sarah Blakely, <laughs> she has the most awesome dad. She says that when she would come home from school and tell her father that she tried out for something that didn't go well, he would high five her and say, way to go. I love it. I love that too. Way to go. She said that my definition of failure became not about the outcome, but about not trying. And I love Love this so much because Mm -hmm. I think about myself because I'm a narcissist. What? In this moment. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm I was like, okay. In this moment. I think about, I like that a lot because ha- not hearing that quote, not having you push me out of my comfort zone, I was really afraid. And I don't know what I was afraid of, but I was afraid of failure. Yeah. And it turns out trying is like the hardest part. It's mm-hmm. it really taking that first step. We hear it all the time. Yeah. That really is the hardest part. Most people don't. 98% of people do not take the first step. I, I think it's like 99%. Probably. 99%. 1% are the, of the population are the ones that actually try and mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're trying in the moment. Yeah, because everybody's afraid to fail. And that probably comes from the self-esteem generation where we were so praised that we don't want to fail because we we won't get that praise. And then what happens to us? I will say before my son did that whole football thing, Mm -hmm. he would not intentionally not do things because he didn't want to fail. Yeah. 
intentionally. And now right. I don't see that. Really? And I actually just thought of that right now as we're talking about this. <laughs> just came to you? It did because I was like, I just had like this full circle moment. Yay. Like, true. An epiphany. like he would intentionally give up or not try yeah. if he thought he was going to fail. Right. Well, here's the thing. He does not thing. do that anymore. That kid is gone. That is different for dyslexics. I feel like because mm-hmm. they fail so much at things that they're afraid to then do it. That's yeah, why everything is a challenge back now. But I know, but I love that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I really yeah. am sad that my son doesn't have that because I mean, we can do it. And no, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do that. I would not have been as strong as you. I'm just telling you that right now. I know that I don't want to do that and screw the whole thing up. But if I could just give him like a box and be like, here's your confidence. I would do it. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be. Like buy a box of but confidence. you can always go back to that I story. I feel like the rest the of his life, you can go back to that and be, remember when you went through this and how amazing you were? Right. So that, let's talk about your brag file. Okay. Because that's huge. So... I think just before we do that, I want to say this, <laughs> and this is going to be so dumb and random, but what did we say that the road to success is paved with failure? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to go back to that and say that now that it's done, we can move on. <laughs> okay. I just think failure is so important. I just think it's so important. I always tell my kids, yeah, it's never bad. I will always be happy if you fail because that means you tried. If you're not trying, you're not. Oh, wait, is that the Kobe Bryant quote? Is that what I just told you? Oh, I don't remember what. Or that's a that different was. famous quote. I don't know, but I just think that's important. We talk to my kids about that a lot. Well, there's I don't think they a listen, famous quote about like measure your success by the amount of times you failed, failed yes, not the amount yes. of times that you've succeeded. I think that is a Kobe Bryant. Did you put that no, on the I checklist? I feel like that's like an Einstein thing. Oh, well. I think it was like somebody older than Kobe. Oh, I don't think it was Einstein, well, but it was very like well said. Somebody really smart. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really well smart. I, oh my God, they're going to think we're so dumb because we don't know who said that, but it's okay. I my like Kobe it. My Kobe quote was, once you know what failure feels like, determination chases success. I like that. I like that too, because I think that's what my son is doing now. Yeah, he has and He's that. not like nailing it at all times. No, but, but he has so much more. Yes. He has confidence. He's not giving up. I love that. I love it too. So you're I, the perfect example for our podcast, you and your family. Well, for today's episode, so are you. You're an amazing mom and you get it right. And you, this mama here, let's talk about self esteem. Your kids are accountable for their stuff. Like if their water bottles, if they lose it, they're like, oh my God, if I don't have my water bottle, I'm going to have to pay for it. They know. (laughs) I make them pay for it. The value. Yeah, but that's such a smart thing that teaches them. It's natural consequences, I think. And accountability. And those things cost money. They need that. Right. Yeah. And they're going to feel good about taking care of the things because they know that they don't grow untreated. I don't know if they will. I think they will. 100%. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because keep doing what it you're makes doing. me feel better about it. You should. It's really good. And That's also, a really good thing. Because guess what? We're not fucking here to pay for everything, kids. There's an expiration is, well, date. Well, I do feel bad in a way because it's part of ADD and it's part of their executive function. And I don't know. So the next thing we're talking about, you want to always praise effort, not the person. You want to praise the effort because the effort is what matters, right? Because if you're not trying, then you're not going to be able to fail. So you got to try. And instead of saying like, good job, which I think I am totally guilty of this. I do do this. And again, I'm not a perfect parent. This is just what we think we should be we, doing. Everybody we don't it. really we all do. do it. But instead of saying that, be like, wow, you worked so hard on that. Or I love the choices you made, like praising the effort instead of the outcome, mm-hmm. because you're not praising oh, you won the trophy because that's not what matters in life. It's that you tried and you got there and you worked the hard. The effort that, that it you took went to, to win the, the trophy. Mm-hmm. That you, yes, that you stayed in it and you didn't give up. That's what's important. So you want to praise the effort. And then, so one of the things we talked about was creating a brag file. And we kind of talked about this before we started recording. And this, the suggestion in this article was to create a brag file. And what they used was like, okay, if you are on the local swim team and you won your meet and that was in the newspaper, like clip out that article and put it in your brag file. But like, we were trying to talk about this and we're like, I don't know (laughs) if we like have anything like that. So we came up with the idea of like writing down praise or keeping like good papers. Like if your child gets an A on something or they're really proud of an art project they did or something like that, putting that in the file. And I think for girls, it might be easier for them if they want to like keep a journal where they like write down things that they're proud of. Mm -hmm. For us as boy moms, I don't know that my child will ever do something like that, but we could jog their memory and we can write it down for them, especially because we have kids with dyslexia. They don't love writing. So I don't mind doing that for my son and keeping like a running list of things they're proud of. And so my example was, I was trying to think of something like, I'm going to ask my son, you know, what are some things that you look back on in your life that you're proud of? And I know 
one of the things that I want to remind him of was in fourth grade, they had a field day and he won the long jump. And so mm-hmm. he got a little ribbon for that. And I think we still have that somewhere in his room and we could put that in his brag file. So yeah. he can then go back to his brag file when he's not feeling confident about himself and say, look at all these things that I accomplished. And then you were going to say something of like, what would work for you? Well, I was just trying to think of how this would work for us where my kids would take accountability for it and not having me do it. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe I would start a journal and have them write it down. Although I got my two older ones have dyslexia too. So asking them to write anything is not not their favorite easy thing to do when they do it. And so as you were talking, I was thinking maybe I could figure out a way to do a recording almost like a, like, you know, you get like a meditation app and they're like, good morning, Ariel, (laughs) have a wonderful day. But if it was some sort of recording that I could do, that's like, good morning, Amanda. Remember when you were really proud that you started your podcast <laughs> and you stepped out of your car co- and I could do that yeah. for my kids, right? But, like have, but have them do it with their voices, like an ongoing recording, like maybe okay. I get a tape recorder yeah. and then we play it on the days that they're feeling down and they hear themselves talking about like how great that. they were. I was thinking it just came to me right now. I don't know how I'm going to execute it, but I'm going to yeah. figure out a way. I think I might get greater buy-in from them because- Because it's easy. It's super easy. You want to make it easy. They can use their words. They don't have to write them down. Yeah. It's not an ethical. But I also think it would be good too as parents if we added to it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I you know? agree. Because mm-hmm. they, because here's the thing. I know there's times where I'm proud of my son and he doesn't feel proud of it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So if I'm like, you should be really proud of this. And maybe he's not proud of it in the moment. But if I write down something he should be proud of and he looks back on it and he's like, my mom was proud of me for that. I think that would be yeah, helpful. It could, it could be you worth know? something at a later date. I feel like we do this a lot at sports if they lose the game. Mm-hmm. But we say to them, I'm really proud of you because you did X or because like I was just, I gave you an example before we started this with your husband saying oh, yeah. to my son, he's the basketball coach. And my son was really upset. They lost the game. They got clobbered. I mean, they did. Yeah. It was like a they were like older assassination. Kids, they? they were no. like seven feet tall okay. and our kids are nine years old and not seven feet. They're not even five feet tall because we're <laughs> no. shaving. Anyway, <laughs> but my son was upset that he, the game was lost and Chris and I were like, yeah, but you played so great. And these kids were huge. And did you have fun? You know, we're trying to say, trying to figure out ways to like boost his morale because he was feeling down in the dumps. And your husband said, yeah, but you know what you did really well in? You didn't let one of those kids score in the second half. That's huge. Those kids were seven feet tall. Like we came in here thinking it was going to be a total bloodbath. Right. And it wasn't because you guys stopped them. You made them really work for that win. And that made him feel, that turned his mood right around. It was so cool. And I think even though in that moment it did help, maybe it doesn't help in the moment when you lost because you're feeling really down. Yeah. If we record it and they can visit it at another time, they're like, yeah. What are you going to record it on? I don't know. Like on your phone? Well, there's those phone recorders. So I don't know if I can make a file and add to it. I'm going to have to figure out what journalists use. I'll get back to you folks and I'm going to let you know next week. You do that. I will. All right. You can also keep like in like a folder or you even came up with like a jar idea. Oh, so like a mason out, jar. Like so a it's mason almost like jar. a love jar. And yeah. you're putting in ideas. Totally. And, I mean, or especially not if they ideas, need help coming praise. up with stuff in the beginning, I think that mm-hmm. would be helpful. You could get, just get like a notebook they could write in. You know, like we... There's, yeah, I think a journal is really good. There's this one that I found when I was trying to like really make sense of this. I was having a hard time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. You found something that's um, good. And this was like why you should keep a brag file. And it said, keep a running list of things that you're proud of to read in the moments when you're feeling down. For example, I'm proud that I graduated. I'm proud of my children. I'm proud that I ran a marathon. I'm proud of the blank award I received last year. I have a great smile or I'm really good at making people laugh. No brag is too bad or too small. And this list should be as long as you can make it. Write it in a notebook or keep it in the notes of your phone. No matter where you write these things down, save the list to revisit when you're feeling sad, self-conscious, or experiencing hardship like a job loss or denial of some opportunity, like if you didn't get the grant you were expecting or a breakup. Revisit the list periodically for a gentle mood boost. You are a good person with many wonderful qualities and your biggest critic is you. I love that. I do too. This is obviously more geared towards a mama bear, but yeah. I also think that we should maybe keep our own brag file. Yeah. I'm bought into this now that I really like had a chance <laughs> to marinate it. I'm so it. glad. I, I think I might keep a brag I journal. I mean, I think it's a good idea. And then even if you wanted to do it as a project together with your child. Yeah. With your child's? Yeah. Did I say child's? <laughs> Have you wanted to do a project together with your child's? No, I said child's. I thought you meant to say children. No, I didn't. (laughs) I'm thinking of doing this with our oldest. I don't know if I would do it with the other kids, but if I were, Mm. I would say children, not child. My middle will be all over this because he reeks confidence. Yeah. Oh, he does. I mean, most not maybe he's like overly, but he's, he's pretty good. I mean, I think, and obviously in your oldest's 
brag file needs to be that he accomplished the, the football. The football, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That is that should sh- be in that my should brag be file. his like biggest <laughs> thing. Yeah, and you as a mom, totally. Ah. So before we like close this off, so let's we're gonna challenge you guys to try and do a brag file. We're gonna touch back on this on another episode and discuss if we did it, how it worked, if it didn't work, blah 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 blah. So go ahead and try it and let us know if you guys have success or any challenges you have, you can always DM us on Instagram at mob squad podcast, or that's the only way to contact us. Why every time am I like so dumb about this? <laughs> Before I go though, I also want to make sure that we say that love is unconditional. You want to make sure that your children know that you love them no matter what, that your love doesn't rest on their accomplishments. And with that... What are you doing for dinner? I don't know what I'm doing for dinner tonight, but I made an amazing stew last night. Yeah. I might have it again for dinner tonight. I made enough. Why was it so amazing? I think because I made it with bacon. Oh. I know. Like bacon pieces? Yeah. Or bacon fat? Like I got bacon from the store. Yeah. (laughs) Walk (laughs) me through it. (laughs) And I chopped the bacon really fine. Yeah. And then I like fried it up. So it was like bacon bits. Okay. And then I took the bacon out and then I sauteed the vegetables and browned the meat. You and know what I, I hate doing together. is cutting bacon. You, you just need a they sharp knife. They always say, yeah, I probably need a sharp knife, mm-hmm. but also it's just so mushy and squishy and I hate getting the grease all over my hands. I know they say like put it in the fridge or the freezer to like harden it. Is that what you do? I mean, it came out of the refrigerator. Was it soft? Yeah, but it didn't bother me. I don't know why. It just Maybe really it's just a textural me. issue for you. I don't it's know. the squishiness. It's difficult to cut, and I hate getting the grease all over my hands. Hmm. They have gloves Anyways, for that. They have what? They have gloves for that. For what? The grease? Like cooking gloves. Like what do you mean cooking gloves? So like it's almost like a like one of those rubber gloves, mm-hmm. but it's it's made for preparing food. Mm-hmm. So you that doesn't get your hands all. Yucky. But then you have to wash those. Then use like a... But I guess that's... Use one of I don't those, like how it feels. What are those so. sheet things? Sheet things? Oh my God. What's the sheet that they call it? the... I don't know what you're The wax about. sheet. Parchment paper. Use parchment paper. Oh. For what? To, to put your it? bacon so your, oh. your hands don't get gross. And you just throw away your parchment paper. Oh, like you hold it with parchment paper? Yeah. Oh. Look at you. Chef Amanda Boyardee. in the kitchen. <laughs> Amanda in the kitchen. Anyway, so I, like I fried up this bacon. It was so good. I also put Cabernet in it. Yum. Um, your, your stew sounds so much better than mine. That's it was probably why my kids don't eat it. So freaking good. One kid, my husband devoured it and he ate the leftovers from my other three I boys. need to try this stew. It sounds amazing. You, want it, you should come over right now. It's in my refrigerator. It's so good. <laughs> probably will. My middle son was like, I hate the meat, but I love the potatoes and carrots. Yeah. And my older son said, I hate the potatoes and carrots, but I love the meat. Okay. So I'll work out. Chris, I think had two helpings. Yeah. And I really wanted to have two helpings, but I wanted, I, I could not decide between having more or saving it for today. Mm. So I think we might have leftovers and I'm not like a leftover girl, but damn it. I nailed the flavor. That's amazing. I don't want to toot my horn, but. Do you want to like share the recipe? Should we share the recipe? Yeah. yeah. So I put it on, I found it on Pinterest. So I don't know how that works. We have to figure out, probably give her. I found it on Pinterest. It's not, I I use her recipe as a guideline Mm -hmm. and then I amandified it. Oh, you know, do you have like your own yeah. You want to like add your own recipe or what? Yeah, I can. I can do that. That'd Is be that, cool. You think I should do that? Yeah. Right. Right. But where would we put it? Oh, also I made it gluten-free. What was gluten in it? I it called for flour. Oh, and so I used on the meat. gluten-free flour. And for all you glutinos out there, the... Um, protein pancakes. What is that? Oh my gosh, hold on. I'm going to edit you this. use a protein pancake mix mm-hmm. for the flour? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Why? And you can use it for cookies if you omit the baking soda and baking powder. Huh. It's already in there. Hold on. Let me call you. Let me tell you what it's called. Okay. Well, while you're looking for that, I will say that tonight we are having probably my one of my easy go-to dinners, which is like pasta, which is actually rice pasta because we do do gluten-free sometimes. And then those apple sausages with like yeah, the tomato so cream sauce. I think I said that on another episode. Probably people are day. probably, yeah, people are probably like, you eat the same thing every day. I'm just super didn't plan ahead and that's who I am. And, and also that's, that's what's going to happen tonight. Cause that's what's in the fridge. I mean, I think that's good. We have a lot of the same things too. Yeah. I've been trying to be a better cook. I mean, you lately. think that if I was on this podcast, I'd start doing stuff, but I don't. I know. Step up. God. Just kidding. <laughs> I no. have to so that you, I'm not you're pouring. You're doing all of the like, legwork for this. Thing. You're... No. It's the Kodiak cakes. Oh, you yeah. Know that? They have like yeah. the protein pancakes. But they have a gluten-free mix? They do have a gluten-free mix. I didn't know that. It's hard to find. So you sometimes, yeah. I have to order it online sometimes, but I did find oh. it once in the store and I bought it and I loved it. And so now I order it. It's so good. If you want to make fried chicken, this is what you use. If you want to make cookies, this Why is, is what this so I good? use. That makes me think it has sugar in it. it oh, fuck yeah, it has sugar. It's oh. gluten-free. Gluten-free, <gasps> not sugar-free. I think but, I'm trying to do but, kill us all. <laughs> 
Jeez. <laughs> oh man, I'm like a huge ingredient list reader. So yeah. anyways, I know that they have, I saw those today at Costco, Kodiak, whatever. Kodiak But cake. they didn't have gluten-free. Obviously yeah. they only have like they do one have... kind, but yeah, it'd be cool if they sold it. We don't it. eat this stuff a lot, but when we do, I want it do to be delicious. Do you make pancakes with it? Yeah, I made waffles last night for my kids. I made like waffles for the So you the use next this thing for like everything, this yeah. recipe or this mix. It is my go-to gluten-free flour of choice, mm. but you have to omit the baking soda and baking powder from any sort of baking recipe that you're using. So if you're using it for cookies, you can't use baking powder or baking soda. Oh, okay. And it because it already has it in there. Yeah, be too much. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I know. Well, There's I'm excited like to try your free hat recipe. My sister told me about it. So if you're listening, thank you. Thank you, sister. <laughs> All um, right. She did not disappoint because we use it for everything. And my stew was gluten-free, super hearty, very thick, delicious. I mean, it sounds. I wish I could Did have you make it in a crock pot? No, I made it in, in a, a in like a regular in my stew pot. Set. So a pot. So like a cast iron. Yeah. So like how long the did pioneer it have to cook? woman that I am. <laughs> okay, so you here look I like know her. Gonna, I too look like her. Don't I? <laughs> She's much taller. Oh, is she? But this one takes a little bit longer. It took an hour and a half in the oven. And I will also say the recipe that I used as my guideline said it was going to be thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. of Prep. prep she was a fucking liar like we me. we said that before yeah i was whenever liar. i say 30 minutes i times it by three yeah i think i had everything but i you know there's kids and distractions and yeah. everything even if i didn't have it i think it would still take a lot longer than 30 minutes so yeah i think the whole time was like two hours i don't know these people must be like super fast chef type people that do things yeah. in short amount over of a million or, followers so she must be good oh at yeah what she, she, does. she does this every day three but times a day i will say this I think I could have done it in the Instapot and had it done a lot faster mm -hmm. and it would have been just as delicious. So I'm probably well, going to do that next try time. try it and let us know. Yeah. Because I know the last time you used Instapot didn't work. I, Instapot, But I, I feel mean, like you could also do it in a crock pot, which is easier. You just I throw don't have everything a crock in pot. there. Oh, you don't? Mm -mm. How do you live? I have an Instapot. <laughs> It's not the same thing. It's exactly the no, same thing. No, it is not. The Instapot pressure cooks it. Gets it done faster. Yeah. But I don't have time in the morning pot, to crock it. Mm-mm. But my problem is <laughs> owning a crock pot is I never plan ahead. So that doesn't make any right, sense. Right. That's why you need an Instapot. Yes. That's why I use the Instapot. Instant. But when I do plan, which is never, the crock pot is nice to just put everything in there and just turn it on and then heard come that. back I've and it's never used done. One. It does make me nervous that it cooks all day. I don't know why, but it do, it is nice to come home and it's like dinner's ready. You don't have to think about it. I like cutting stuff up and cooking in the morning. I like that. It's just, the problem is that I don't ever plan ahead. So I'm never prepared to do that. But when I do do it, it's amazing to like get it out of the way because I'm last minute. So yeah. I'm Same. like last too, minute panic. Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing for dinner. Me too, every day. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Please comment, like, share, send it to a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.